Hi there, and thanks for listening to Shim Satira's very first podcast series, Sounds Like Folk. My name is Joanne Barry, and I am the repertory director with the National Folk Theatre at Shim Satira. My involvement with Shimsa began as a nine-year-old child and I've been working with the company as a performer, teacher and all-round folky for the last 15 years. Despite the current restrictions, the creative impulse to swap our stories and engage with our audiences remains. I hope you enjoy this new way of Bohan Tiacht, or gathering together, allowing a window into Shimsa Tira, which itself was born from a coming together of like-minded people a place where ideas and stories are celebrated. Today's guests are my friends and colleagues, Anne O'Donnell, Noreen Lynch and Pierce Heaslip. Enjoy the chat. So uh, thanks guys for being here. I am chatting with three colleagues, three friends, three uh, long-standing members of Sheem Satira. So what I might do is get you all to introduce yourselves, how or why you ended up as part of Shimsa. So we might start with Anne. Hi Anne. Hello there. <laughs> okay, um, so um, yeah, Anne O'Donnell is my name, as you all know. Um, I would have started with Shimsa many, many moons ago. Um, actually, it's almost four decades ago. I was I was kind of uh, counting the years there now that, um, this evening. And yeah, it's almost 40 years ago since I, um, I ventured into the Takshinsa in Fenuig uh, to do my audition. And it's uh, a memory that has stuck with me uh, to this very day. So um, we waited our turn to go in. It was kind of cold outside, as you all know, you know, the, the main space would be kind of cold apart from the fire. But the fire, it, it seemed like it was so far away, you know, up in, up in the top of the house. And um, so, yeah, it was my turn to go in. And it was Anne Kennelly actually, that time that brought me down and... Um, into the, the little singing room that was there long ago and I remember the carpet uh, I don't know why it stands out and I remember the heat God the heat nearly hit me <laughs> it was lovely and warm and Father Hearn in the little um, singing room where he was and he seemed and I when I look at the room now it's tiny but when I think of it uh, back then it seemed that he was you know, miles away in this room because um, there was like a massive space between him and him and me but uh yeah, in a way, long story short, I got into Shimsa that year. I did my three years training in the, the training academy outside in Fnuig. And um, I was brought into um, the Theatre Royale, the theatre in um, Dominic Street, or Staunton's Row, it's called. And um, that theatre would have great memories as well. And from there, um, we went moved to our, the new theatre. And I was employed then as a core group member. And from there, I went to, as dance master for a couple of years. And then from there, I went to, uh, to training and development officer, where I currently hold that role there now uh, in the company. So that's kind of been it. Um, as I said, 40 years almost. So <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> Thank you, Anne. Uh, Pierce, Pierce Heaslip is my next guest. Hi, guys. Hi Joe, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I've gone back a long time as well, Shamsa. I joined Shamsa in 1974. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Maureen, stop laughing, please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, 1974, I joined Shamsa. And I, my, I remember my young days, even going back further, going back to my van, to mm. Father Hearn's house. Wow. Because my mom and dad were alive. 
and there were sessions out in his house, dancing, singing. I mean, I was so young, I don't even remember the people, you know, but then moving on to 1974, this was late 60s, 74, I joined Shamsa and was going down to the CY after school, going up to the top floor where there was a small stage. And Father Henry used to put us through our paces there. Now, I never made the stage then. I started as a musician. Okay. My first show was in the CYMS oh. because there was an election that year and the account was being done in the Ash Memorial Hall. Mm. So my first show was done in the CYMS and everything was moved down to the Ash mm. after the election was over and the count was done and the summer season continued. So I started in the Ash Memorial Hall. Wow. The summer seasons. And I continued through the 70s and then I left in the 80s went back to the new theatre when they started building it. Yes. I was helping out. I was out of work. Your dad, God rest him, was one of the founding the founding Indeed. members. And I have great memories of Liam, but obviously yeah. Liam is the reason that you you all became Exactly, popular. exactly, exactly. It was in the family. And um, yeah, actually, I never went down the stage until Ding Dong Dedderow. Yes, because I remember as a, yes. as a child, Pierce, <laughs> I remember that was when we first met. I remember all these new people were brought in that uh, I yeah. because I was one of my first shows as well as an advanced class as student. Yes. And I remember all these new people coming in that everybody knew. And I was like, oh, thinking who are and then finally I work we'd work out the connections. Yeah, it's just so funny. I uh the opening piece was all the men on the stage with the sledgehammers. Right. And the ding dong, they were humming in the background. Ding dong, oh man, it was amazing. And the, my favorite part of that show was the dance coming out of the fire, the flames dancing. Mm. It was absolutely beautiful. Yeah. But that was a beautiful show, I have to say. It was. And it was, was even nicer again when I took my father's part right. doing the bellows with Sean oh. to take that part off. My father was lovely. So yeah, it was great years, great years, absolutely fantastic. Thanks for this lovely memories. We'll come back to Ding Dong again, Ding Dong Dead. Yeah. Minutes. Um, I just want to talk to uh, Noreen, Noreen Lynch. Hi, Noreen. Hi, guys. How are you all? I can laugh at you, Noreen. Ha ha. I am not that old, you see. <laughs> By about about uh, two or three years. Uh, so I guess I started at the why I don't know I think it was my my uh, parents to keep me out of kind of trouble the more things I was involved in the less crap I could could uh, probably get into and uh, they were right uh, so myself Johnson jo uh, uh, Jonathan Callagher Majella Stack we all started in uh, Fanuc in 1980 so we're talking 40-ish years I guess and from that point on I suppose it was just I suppose addiction really uh, because we made friends we had fun but I've been there I was there from uh, 80 up to I think I took 10 years out at a certain point came back and then I was back in about I suppose 90-ish and I've been there since. <laughs> and you also served on the board as well didn't you Noreen for a long time? I did it was our past CEO 
Marianne Kennedy invited me on to the board. I spent 12 years on the board, which was brilliant. It was tough. It was hard. It was it. It was emotional. It was (laughs) uh, no, no, it was all of those things because there were great, great times, really, really hard times where we kind of didn't know if we could actually stay open or lit or were we going to go dark and times were very very tough and I will admit it caused a lot of pressure it caused a lot of personal pressure uh, because you're talking about friends you're talking about family you're talking about jobs you're talking about you know all those kind of things and I didn't realize what it might mean within the company we made lifelong friends within the company Mm -hmm. we traveled with the company Um, I have a couple of memories of of touring and stuff but I'd love if you if you could share (laughs) Some memories of touring. Some of the stuff is not really? shareable. <laughs> Some of the stuff is not shareable. I will, I will give you that. So um, maybe Anne, you'd like to share it. Do you have any uh, standout or two? You're always going to, I noticed you're always going to me first, Joanne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, touring with Sheem, so we all know it it just was the nearly the best thing about it, really. Um, as you said, Joanne, growing up in in and with the company uh you you you've made you make an awful lot of uh, friends on the way and uh touring I, you know i was very lucky um that I, I i was i was picked and i put that in inverted commas because that was a big thing but belgium was my first tour um abroad and it was all very very exciting you know martin rang martin Whelan would have rang my mom and asked for you know permission and I, of course, I was only dying to go. And my dad was a guard at the time and he sorted out all my, my passport details. And uh, so, uh, yeah, Belgium was my first one. And I, I had my first alcoholic beverage in Belgium. Uh, it's all fine now. My mother knows because she read it in my diary. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my writing was a bit scatty. <laughs> Now, mind you, it was only a glass or two of beer, um, but uh, yeah, and it was, um, I won't name names now, but you know, it was like I was with the gang and sure, you might as well have one shirt, it won't do any harm, and it, it didn't either, you know, I was in great form after it. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, we went to Seville as well then for the expo in 92, and that was beautiful, you know, the weather was just absolutely magnificent. And, you know, to see oranges growing on trees and be able to pick them in the in the expo was, was really, you know, for an Irish girl that lived in Kerry, <laughs> it, was, it, was, um, it was almost tropical. Um, uh, but the, yeah, we had to perform in the heat as well, though. That was that was the only downside, really, that we had to, you know, perform midday. And I remember there was awful problems with the borons because they kept them going dead and flat and they were putting water in it and they were taking it out of the heat and putting it into air conditioning into the expo and then taking it out again. And poor Marie Hennepin was pregnant. She had her feet in the water. But it was a great tour. We had great fun, great fun. Uh, there was the Faroe Islands, Venezuela, gosh, Venezuela. Um, I was very homesick um, in Venezuela because I'd only just had my firstborn. He was, Brian was only six months and I couldn't wait to get home. And I remember Venezuela really was counting the nights, how many more sleeps. I was dying to get home. So I remember we were counting the, the, the sleeps. Um, the San Francisco, Washington was another great tour. Uh, Hungary. Uh, Germany, the you know, great memories, great memories altogether. Thanks, Anne. Pierce, 
Okay, I'm gonna go back. <laughs> 1976 was the first time she went to America, and what really made it, what really, um, why they really made it over there. Um, there was a guy named Des Rush. He wrote for the Independent, mm -hmm. and there was yeah. Clive Barnes. He was the butcher of Broadway. Mm -hmm. right. And Clive Barnes didn't like your shows. Forget it. After your first night, you might as well strike the set and go away home because you weren't going to make it. Yeah, it was a fantastic tour. So it was. I was only a young fella. I was only Garcon. Mm. And to be on Broadway, mm. playing the Palace Theatre, meant nothing to me, to be honest, until I got older and read about it. Mm. Um, we met the original cast of Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, we wow. met a company of Folklore in Mexico. Mm. Um, met Muhammad Ali. Shook his hand what? on Broadway. Yeah, oh there was God. Catherine. There was Catherine Hurley, Susan Rowan, Jora Buckley, Pat Kennington, and myself. And there was someone else there. I was the Baba. I was the youngest. This was at nighttime. We were going to a club. We were invited to for a party, and we were <laughs> walking down Broadway like we were walking down Denny Street. Saw no danger, and here was a horse-drawn carriage, and Muhammad Ali was in it. And what was it? Not one of us had a camera. <laughs> oh no! To take the photograph, but it was a fantastic moment. Phyllis Dunahoo mm -hmm. was the chaperone. She was also the costume person in the theatre in Tralee, in the Theatre Royal, you know, the old Shemsa Theatre. And she was in charge of all of us, but I got away with murder. And I played that card a lot on the tour. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in Newcastle, I was in France. Um, and spoke about Expo 92. I was there, but that's when I was a dancer. They were fantastic. And as Anne hit on there, you make fantastic friends, lifelong friends. Yeah. You know, and I remember John Hayslip, Catherine Spangler, mm. um, Mary Lyons, mm. Mario Dunhu, Phyllis's daughter. Um, of course, Oliver mm. and uh, John Fitzgerald, myself. Yeah, we were the Babas on the tour. Yeah, it's we had a fan. Great to hear all those. Uh, oh, fantastic! Names, fantastic you know, names that you would have forgotten, and, and some names I admit I wouldn't have heard before. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah and yeah. then Pierce, for you, I suppose your you mentioned taking over that role from your dad in Ding Dong Devil, yeah. but also yeah. your children then becoming involved. That's right. Yeah, David, uh, Heather. Um, yeah, David loves it. Heather yeah. loves it. Yeah, look, it's great. It is a great sense of family. Mm. You know, for me, I'll always remember Geraldine, Geraldine Hurley, Geraldine Hayslip then, telling me, learn your father's part, because your dad won't always be there to do that part. Learn your father's part. And I did, and I watched it and watched it and watched it. Mm. And I, you know, yeah. that's where I am now. I'm doing my father's parts mm. in the old show, which is lovely. What really, really, I think, struck a chord with me it's when Seanahan retired mm. and uh, Fado Fado came back and I was asked to sing Roshin Dove. My God, what an honour. Mm. You know, it's emotional, like, but absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and you, you know, it was. Yeah. It really, really was, like, you know. Mm. And I still love doing it to this day. And please God, it will be soon again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll just uh, go back, I think, to Ding Dong for a second because... The building that it opened, our now our home at the moment on the edge of the town park, that lovely stone circle, is 30 years old this year. Wow. And Ding Dong, um, 
I mean, I have really vivid memories of Ding Dong Detherall because uh, I was the original cast. I was one of the children. There was a good gang of us, actually, a good gang mm. of kids. It was because there was such a big cast as well for the mm. opening. Yeah. It was a real window into the kind of the banter. Bonding kind of experience. Yeah. And the, and, the, and the kind of the crack that the people would have backstage. And then you kind of got to meet the whole lot of the Sheamsa family because we were all on together all the time. Ding dong, you talked about the, the, the uh, dancers coming out of the fire. There was a lot of sort of contemporary slants and it was a real, it was a real story, a real narrative. And, and <clears throat> yeah, it was, it was, it was a beautiful show. And, and I think we'll all kind of, it all sticks out for all, for all of us. The ding dong really, uh, you know, you, when you're talking about it there, it's almost like we need to revisit ding dong or show something like it in order to get everyone back into the building again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the young to meet the yeah. older and vice versa. And for, yeah. for all of us just to get together again, you know, it's it's like we need that now, especially after COVID and where we are now, that yeah. perhaps, you know, because I mean, that's something I'm very much look, looking forward to is getting back into the building and performing. Mm-hmm. But to perform with everyone in a show such as that, um, you know, would be amazing. Um, I mean, the, the whole side of the contemporary dance was something that I was introduced to with um, Between Worlds and the Old Theatre. And then Anne Courtney was brought on again then to, to work on, on the Beamish. And I, I absolutely loved that side of things. Mm-hmm. And Courtney was very much a woman that, um, um, I, I suppose, kind of um, opened up my world uh, to that side of dance. Uh, Pierce, you mentioned, mentioned Sean Ahern there earlier. And yeah. uh, Sean Ahern, uh, such a character. I mean, at home and abroad when you went on tour with them. But uh, uh, he tells a story about um, the anvil. And it was the opening of the actual show. And it was to the the sound of the, um, the hammer beating the anvil. Yeah. And of course, Father Hearn was telling him to hit. He was whispering very loudly to him and Sean was there holding the anvil in a pose, a frozen pose. And uh, he was starting to mutter under his breath when he was told to hit the anvil. (laughs) (laughs) I know it was the third or fourth time in a way, but when he was told to hit the anvil, he told him, I won't, I won't hit the effing anvil. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, brotherly love, I suppose you could call it. Because he's the only one that can get away with saying something like that, and that's for sure. Uh, yeah, Ding Dong Jether, it holds many, many memories. And that transformation dance was very cool because I, I was lucky enough to dance, you know, being those flames coming out of the fire. I particularly loved the masks in that scene as well. Lovely. And it was quite innovative for its time as well. Mm. You know, not something yeah. that, Fantastic. Yeah, that okay. Irish dancers, that Irish dancers yeah. and contemporary dancers mixed, you know. Yes, that was my first time actually dancing. I was doing Bimjig Rinka, the Boron dance. Yes. I, phew. And as Anne mentioned her name, and Courtney. Yeah. I would never have done a dancer in my a dance teacher in my life. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. Pat Hannifin, I was a f- three or four years of age, dancing on in the old start and roll. The countdown was the old place. Just go in there dancing. Mm-hmm. There was one, two, threes. One, that's all the dancing I ever done. Mm-hmm. Which is a... I think Oliver uh, approached, or and Courtney approached Oliver and asked about me, would I be able to mm. manage it, I, suppose, I presume. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Just fabulous. Mm. I remember though, Joe, um, first time seeing Courtney's work was one of the first times. It was the time where I said, oh my God, this really can be about today and about tomorrow too. Because at times, you know, I suppose you know, 
folklore-wise, and the way we're kind of trained to yeah. see folk, we can, we can, I'm not saying, okay, I, in the past, have seen it as probably a past thing. And over the time, as especially over the time of the board, where you're kind of, you're kind of tr trying to kind of conserve past and also promote where, uh, where we are at now and what our kind of view of folk is. Personally, I don't see folk as just past. I see it as today. I see it as now, as in a minute ago, as in a minute's time. I see it as kind of tomorrow. And I think as part of Anne's, the core group team at the time, I think they were kind of cottoning on to that, that it isn't just about the past. It's like, look, we can also do this and we can mix it and we can evolve it. That's a huge point, Noreen, as well. I think, you know, especially for myself and Anne, I suppose we, we've worked full time for the company for a long time. And, you know, uh, you're, you always want to stay relevant, but you also want to be reverent of, this, of what you've been given. Yeah, but, but, uh, but you see, the word kind of, kind of reverent, I don't like that kind of word because, okay, respectful, great, yes. yes. Reverent kind of suggests that we've got too much kind of homage to it. I remember giving, I can't remember whose who's, um, retirement it uh, was, and I was called on to speak. And of course, that for me was like terror. But <laughs> I remember saying, okay, I said, James, to me, it's just a journey that we all have been, have been gifted with being part of. We are no uh, greater than the sum of its parts. It's like a train kind of journey. There's like Trudy, Farn Four, Bantier, all of those, all the way. We're all parts. We're all parts of those stops. Yes. There are times then that you either step off for your own kind of reasons. So I don't know if I'm making any sense. No, you are making a load of sense, Noreen. And it's it's clear that you, you know, you've you understand, I suppose, what what journey we're all on with with this it, it reminds me actually of a story um well of a time um philip king came into the theater uh the time that we were opening up um moriarty yeah and um you're talking about a train now but he used it he used another vehicle he used a car <laughs> noreen uh when he was when when he was sharing his thoughts about what he thought folk um meant to him and it is. It kind of stuck with me since. And Noreen, your your um, analogy is, is isn't far off at all, actually. And he imagined that you know Sheen Satir is the vehicle. You know that imagine yourself in a car, and um, you're driving forward. You have to be driving forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you're always looking in the rear view mirror. Mm -hmm. You're always seeing what was you know what's coming from there, and you're always referring to it. Yeah. Um, as you go forward, because that's. Um, you know educating you and it is informing you um, but you and you can't have one without the other and we carry those stories with us you know and in, yeah. in, in forming new ones that we are because I think we have to um, represent the the age we're in uh, otherwise we don't have any stories to tell and and what's the point in just telling the stories of our forefathers you know we, yeah. sure a bit of God we have something to say as well you know yeah. mm -hmm. and that's just as important but I think you know we're always being informed by the past and we carry all those stories and the culture and the traditions with us mm -hmm. and um, that's very important you know because that would be integral really to being a folk theatre. 
yeah. I think we're lucky too in that we were all um our generation was was uh performing and learning side by side with some of the original members and I think that will all stand to us and I'd hope that the next generation would feel the same about us you know that that we've come mm. from the start to now and you know there there will come a point where we have to sort of hand over whenever that would be when the mm. when the knees give in yeah. <laughs> and we have to hand over that you know to the next generation i'm ready didn't to hand over a... so that's the case <laughs> <laughs> but didn't didn't we take it so much for granted though yeah Mm. in all those years we just took us so much for granted the good times that, weren't know. they but they were fantastic and the people mm. as, as you say Joe we were on stage with like we just took us so much for granted mm. yeah, and I think I made this point to Paula um, on two weeks ago when I was speaking to her and you know you learn an awful lot obviously we learned our dancing we learned our singing we learned our drama and our mime and all that but I really feel that I learned to perform from watching oh yeah Totally. It just went in by whatever it went in by osmosis or it went osmosis, in yeah. learning or but I think it's osmosis. I really think like I would have mm -hmm. watched Anne and I would have watched Honor and I would have watched Geraldine and different people perform and I say, okay, I'm gonna try that now when I go out the next time. And it mm -hmm. just kind of sank, it just sank mm -hmm. in, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And I think it's it's uh I hope it's still I, I think it is still like that. I think because there's still that multi-generational thing on stage where, you know, the people, kids come in and remember their first night and they remember maybe watching Jonathan doing a few steps or watch Pierce singing or watch, you know, mm. different or Noreen singing or that they would pick up the way, I suppose, that it's 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 to be performed, but put also putting their own bit of a slant on it as well. Yeah, and I think that's important, their own slant, because when you think yeah. about, you know, the character... Um, uh, the characters that would have been played in teams like I mean people like um, yourself Pierce but you know before you know we say with Sean and your dad Liam yeah. and Shawnee those people and what they brought to Shimsa, you know through their just huge talent yeah. but everyone you know would have done that that a character differently and very much in, you know put their own slant in it and that's what was the beauty of it you know yeah. and I think um, mm. I think there's Oliver there's actually Oliver Holly. Hurley hit the nail on the head there. I was talking to him a good bit ago about summer season, whatever. And he says, Fado, Fado, their characters were built around them. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You know, and that, and it is true. Like Seanahan, the farmer. Shawnee was always funny, the funny man, father singer. You know, mm -hmm. Mary Deedy. Their, their roles were built around them. And I think that's because they were being partly themselves as well. That made it yes. even more endearing and more believable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, I would like maybe if you if you want to share sort of a favorite uh, piece, some of you we've mentioned a couple of different shows mm. and a couple of different uh, songs and things like that. But if you had a favorite um, and why and and maybe it's a memory, maybe it's a person, maybe it's a song that you want to share from the vast repertoire. My favorite piece was Ding Dong Dero when Justin danced on the anvil. Mm -hmm. I think that was just an amazing piece right. for me. Yeah. Um, I think it just typified everything about Shamsa dancing. Yeah. It was amazing. Mm. There was that beautiful chant of the Arnahar, wasn't there, in the background? Oh, yes, I think it was just an amazing piece. That mm -hmm. now and the flame dance, but I think Justin's piece on the anvil was a fabulous piece for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Pierce. 
It was a, it was a great part in the show as well. It built nicely to that point, Pierce, didn't oh, yeah. it? Um, you know, I mean, the, yeah. the women praying and then that mantra so coming from us yeah. and him oh, being inspired by those haunting. those sounds and the sounds yeah. in the forge yeah. and coming up with a rhythm himself. It was beautiful. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely yeah. fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing piece. I, I can't really think of, um, there's been an awful lot, I think, um, one of the strongest things for me really was the, the the whole you know the contemporary dance marrying so nicely and so well with the monics and um that has you know been delved into and uh, worked on for years now really i suppose and with through different choreographers and i very much enjoyed that journey you know and courtney um was the first um, Cindy Cummings is another person that we worked really that really got us I think you know what's very important when we do work with people outside the company they have to um, you know if they get an understanding of who we are the people that work in the theatre um, either full-time or part-time or through the community cast we were very lucky with some <clears throat> of the, the choreographers that we've worked with and um, I must say that uh, when I was younger and the body was able to do it, I really enjoyed that uh, that journey with Sheen. So that that Irish dance and and the contemporary dance uh, marriage that went. Noreen, uh, I've got a few, I suppose, and all all for kind of different uh, reasons. Uh, Idarathra, as kind of I explained before, because it just showed the kind of potential in my mind at that time. It, that age, I was like, oh my God, this is just like, so like, you know, brilliant and orchestral and all that. Um, going back to a show that people have very, very different, uh, different kinds of memories of, because we are probably known for, for, you know, for dance and song. But I remember being utterly blown away by one of the most amazing acting experiences. And I'm not talking about, you know, it wasn't about doing, you know, as I said, it was a purely acting and that's a UN. And it is to this day, I don't know why it sticks. It is in the Kerry Man Show. I hope I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'm right. I hope you are too. <laughs> I know. It's not me. No, it was you. It was you. It was you. And you went from, it was kind of a soliloquy on stage and you were giving this speech and from a normal, Kerry, truly normal accent, you merged into a Polish immigrant accent. Am I right? Was the Kerry much show? Yeah. Yeah, I know the piece you're talking about now, actually. Yeah. And I absolutely thought that that was, for me, one of the most extraordinary acting, I suppose, you know, kind of in a way, but it was kind of folk because Ireland mm. then at that time, we kind of were bringing all different nationalities, especially the Polish community at the time. Mm. And you kind of managed to show that, look, I'm just the same girl. I just happen to have a different take mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. accent or whatever. That for me, Lovely. was my Thank you very much. Another performance wise, and it's again, it's a really, really small kind of thing. It was Tarman. It was the mad scene where you all go absolutely berserk yeah. on stage and, you know, the hair has been torn across the stage. But it was Alan Tehan and his uh, bucket. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? I do, I do. Yeah, I loved that scene. I loved it. That scene is just, it's like kind of horrific. It's sad, traumatic, all of those things. 
But Alan had this kind of bucket in his hand and he was like, no one is going to take because that was the last thing in the world that he owned or that he had or the whatever else. And it was, I could not take my eyes off him on the stage that day. Performance wise for me, it was singing with Sean for the first time, feeling like the most, the most uh, humble child in the world. And then to date, Anam was a- absolute kind of highlight. Those people listening, um, and Noreen is speaking about Sean Ahern and Sean was one of the founding members and we all know and love him well. And his voice was sort of that, an iconic, the voice of Shimsa. So to sing with him was a big deal. It was, as Shimsa does, it's like, yeah, go on, you'll be grand, you'll be fine. You know, <laughs> and I felt that the, the only person that time and I suppose the show was Dublin Theatre Festival. The uh, only person that actually got how kind of huge, how kind of huge it was, was Sean. Okay, okay. You know? And he was just so kind of like the nod, the wink. It was this quiet affirmation. Uh-huh. He was so kind. He was so supportive. Yeah. And it was just enough to get a kind of a, a, a mere nod. I'm not talking that. I'm talking about from him at the end of the show mm-hmm. or a squeeze. I, I, I confirmed that because when I first sang Roshin Dove when Salam yeah. came back, Sean Ahern came backstage and said, wow. And that, that, that was amazing. Wow. That was, was absolutely amazing. You know, yeah. he's an amazing yeah. man. An amazing man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and as, as we all know, an amazing friend, an amazing fun guy, yeah. Sheila, his wife, who's like legendary. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it, it was just an honor. It was great. And I was, yeah. I, I was really, really young at the time too, of course. Talking about, you know, all these performances and shows and what we haven't been able to do for the last uh, summer season or for the last mm-hmm. year, and, you know, let's be realistic about it. We don't know mm-hmm. what summer season 2021 holds for us all. Um, I suppose if you could all maybe just share in a couple of sentences, like what not performing has meant to you, I suppose, as opposed to maybe not missing it, but what not performing does to you or what it feels like. And yeah, I'll leave it at that. Pierce, do you want to go first? Yeah, uh, found it very hard actually, not singing at all this year. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't sung at all this year, only at home. But as for singing in a church or singing it for a funeral or wedding, I haven't sung. Yeah. And I really missed the summer season, to be honest. Yeah. And I'm afraid we won't be having a summer season this year either. It's a, or a, mm-hmm. ver, a very limited one anyway. Yeah, it'll be, it'll you be, know, it's be, changed, changed, changed. Yeah. unfortunately so yeah it's i missed you know you missed the gigs you missed the, the crack you missed the, no singing mm-hmm. it's, it's alien i think it really is alien because they're such physical acts as well you can they're you know you when you sing something yeah. same with dancing when you move mm-hmm. something or yes they're physical acts and when, you're, yes. when you suddenly can't do those physical things mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. really strange it's totally alien yeah yeah it is it is indeed Singing wise, I find it a kind of physical loss. Mm-hmm. And I had the opportunity, unfortunately, to sing a couple of months ago at uh, my aunt's funeral. But I could not get over the kind of emotion that came out of me this, the, uh, the uh, second I sang a note. Mm. I was blown over. And I don't mean this to sound bad. It wasn't necessarily 
got got uh, got to, to do with my aunt, but it was just the kind of release, and it was the pressure of really or the release of kind of pressure or all of those things together. Mm. And uh, yeah, it yeah, it was just um, and it's you know it's a thing that you do together as well. Mm. And the last year has been so kind of isolating in its own way, in the way mm. we work, the way we communicate. And all of a sudden, you know, it's like this too, it's gone. Like, you know, mm-hmm. just like, you know, but you know, there are great things going on in the world. People have suffered, you know, th- thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of mm-hmm. times. My God, you know, we could all get on with this yeah. and cope with this, you know, yeah, but sure. it has been, yeah, you know, it's kind of physical yeah. loss. Yeah, I've definitely missed the the performance aspect of things as well. And I think as an artist, uh, it's it's a void. It's um it's a thing that's missing uh, from you almost, and and it you you just don't feel right. It, it there's an unbalance, and um, it, it's just not it's it's not in our DNA not to be able to perform. Uh, it's been part of our lives for you know since we could walk nearly you know mm-hmm. um and as you said Noreen you know being a part of Shields and performing with them is such a social aspect as well that's been taken from us um and the two of them go hand in hand you know down for the for the the, the, the festival of folk mm-hmm. but uh I look forward to the day that I can I can sing again and dance again with you all up on the stage. And we have yes. to have that hope, mm, you know, yes, that is. we'll be back up on that stage and we'll be pounding the boards and you'll be singing the roofs off, lads. Yeah. And just, you know, even talking about it now gives it gives me hope. We have to have that hope. Yeah, we do. Definitely. Can I just say one thing there, uh, Joe, just not to cut across you there, Noreen, just... <laughs> Lucky for me, I'm out every day. I'm working, but it must be horrendous for you being inside, trying to trying to do your jobs and doing a great job. But it must be tough because I rang John in the first lockdown and I said, "Jesus, John, it's going to be tough," you know. Yeah. And I think I, I rang you too, Joe. You did that's right, you did. In the first yeah. lockdown, and I I really felt for you. Yeah. Because, you know, and then to drive by the theatre, in the bus, and to see the shutter down, mm-hmm. that never, that was never, never there, like. I know, you know mm-hmm. especially in the summer because it's such oh a, yes yeah to see the excitement in the summer and a hub of activity yeah. and there's yeah. so many people coming in and out and all different yeah. age groups and you get your yeah. you have your group of people into their first season and it's so special right. them, mm-hmm. that's right yeah watch the show and yeah, yeah. All yeah. Things, you know but but as Maureen said you know there are huge things going on in the world and it's and also there are. There are indeed, yeah. you're a frontline worker so you're facing it every day sure. and thank yeah. you for that um, but I'd like to end there because I think we have to have hope yes indeed positive <laughs> we will be resting and we yes. will be singing and we will be back we together will. soon we will you know there's we a line there's a line in Roisin Dove Law Egan yes yes indeed go on Go on, Pierce. Uh, sing it for us. Come <laughs> <laughs> 
Thanks for listening to our podcast, which was edited by Tom Hannafin. For further information on Shim Satira and our new and upcoming work, head over to our website, www.shimsatira.com. You will also find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Until next time, bye bye. Thank you.